Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Naeem Fazl Podcast. We are back in action. We're so excited to be here. I got Naeem. What's, what's up, Naeem? How are you doing? Good, man. Good. It's been a minute, bro. It has been a minute. It's been a, like a several minutes. I, I checked uh, before we got on here. Our last episode was January 31st, 2020, man. Can you believe it's been that long? It has been that long. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so long. Man, it's been so long. Yeah. I just don't know what, what happened. I mean, what well, I know what happened. You moved, number one, right? You <laughs> number one, I do not live in Charlotte anymore. <laughs> yeah. A lot of life has happened. A lot of life has happened. I know for not just me, but for a lot of people. You know, for you, I know that your life is always kind of crazy you just you're celebrating your spiritual birthday so congratulations happy birthday thank you thank you yeah i got i i got uh uh saved you if you want to call it or i came to faith in jesus i mean i like to just say i just met jesus he's actually yeah, i did you know i met him on <laughs> Halloween night so yeah that was that yeah. was crazy and in fact i just got to share that at mosaic so we're doing a series you know as you know and and they want to talk about my story a little bit because uh, obviously it's my birthday month, spiritual birthday month. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, <laughs> got to celebrate Definitely. that. Yeah, if you guys are listening to this and you have never heard uh, Naeem's story, you have to go watch that message. I'm telling you right now, it is amazing. And uh, it never gets old. I think I've heard, I've traveled with you and seen you speak at a couple conferences. <laughs> it never gets old. My favorite part <laughs> is watching, especially when you go to a youth conference, watching the the looks on their face when <laughs> you get into the details of some of your story. It's, it's my absolute favorite thing, I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. It's, I'll tell you what, though. It's exhausting for me. It's so strange because it's like, you know, talking about things you care about is uh, obviously takes an emotional toll on people, you know, on people. Yeah. But uh, for me, telling my story seems to be one that I'm like, like oh, I, I'm just worn out after that. I don't know what it is. Um, huh. but, and yeah, and every time I tell the moment, you know, I describe the moment as coming to faith or meeting Jesus or seeing him, experiencing him, uh, I lose it, you know? And then, I mean, rarely do I not lose it, you know, I can just kind of, yeah. you know, so anyways, but yeah, good yeah. stuff, good stuff. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, well, cool, man. Hey, uh, another thing, I don't know if, if you guys listening have heard, but there's a, there's a pretty big election this year, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Have you guys heard yeah. about that in Charlotte? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah we have, man. We have, my friend. Yeah, Pittsburgh and Charlotte are in the same country. So, yes, that is definitely oh, okay. happening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it is. Well, that le- that leads me to uh, something I want to ask you about, okay? Um, you made a post recently on, on your social media at Naeem Fossil, uh, and you said simply, I'm grateful for this election, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and yeah. you just left no. us at that. You, you gave us a few points, but before we get into this, I would love to talk about this if you're okay with it. Well, I mean, this is interesting. You want to start the 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 like the you know uh, the podcast like what do you call it? Not the premiere because it's not the premiere. What's the start back up or whatever? Uh, yeah, with, like a relaunch maybe. Relaunch, yeah. You want to relaunch this thing with this conversation? Hey, you're the one that made the post. I'm just uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah. should. I, yeah, we should. We should. We should. I think it'll be timely. All right. So yeah. So what's your question? What's your thought? What are your... So first of all, 
you know, as I click through this, if you guys haven't read through the post, um, we're going to kind of like go through this because I want to pick your brain on maybe what you were thinking or if you can elaborate a little bit. What was Just help me personally understand. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking because I have a lot of words when I think about this election. Uh, and grateful, let me tell you, is not at the top of the list in most of those times. Yeah. Um, so let's just start with that, okay? So you're grateful for this. And as I click through these slides, the first thing is you said God is truly using it. Um, so if you want, please, in your eyes, how do you believe that God is using this election, and why does that make you grateful for it? Yeah. Well, well, you know, number one, you know, being grateful is a choice, right? So it's a, it's your ability to actually choose, choose to focus on something and to be grateful about or to think uh, that this could be a good thing. Um, this could be a blessing, if you want to call it. This could be something that actually, uh, you know, helps and contributes to you versus takes away from you. And so I think that, yeah, I am grateful. I'm grateful because I, I choose to, and I have to choose to, really focus on, you know, a certain part of this election, because uh, there are, there are easily moments in my life and during the day that I am like constantly annoyed, constantly uh, shocked, constantly just in turmoil emotionally, honestly, just realizing, man, we have, uh, you know, how have we come uh, so far and, and fallen so backwards, I think, uh, you know, like, what are we doing? Like, we're speeding into, you know, full force into the past, you know, it seems like. And so, uh, yeah. so yeah, I have to be, I have to be grateful. Um, and God's truly using it. I mean, you know, this idea, I don't want to, I don't want to come across like, you know, you know, that there's the, the idea of like, you know, uh, there's always a reason, there's always, you know, there's a reason for everything. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't it's like very, that kind of. Yeah. Stereotypical pastor response to bad news. Right, right. I don't, I don't like that at all, honestly. And uh, what, what I do know, though, is that, you know, throughout our lives, throughout uh, the history of humans, uh, throughout even the scriptures, you know, God uses things, even though it's not his plan, but humans just like to put that on God. Like, it was God's plan mm -hmm. that this happened. No, God just used yeah. it. It's like, you know, uh, when God cleans up your dirty diaper, that's not his plan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you would poop all the time inconveniently. Like, no, he cleans it up. So, I know. This is, this is, I love this it. This conversation is going great, isn't it? I love it. We are, we are now into the new episode rolling, and we've already talked about God cleaning up our poopy diapers. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So I, I mean, hey, listen. Hey, this election seems to be a poop show, uh, you know, <laughs> to put the piece of TG. Uh, yeah, it's, it's seriously uh, something to it feels like that. It does. Yeah, it has for sure. And so, yeah, I'm grateful. And I do think that God uh, is using it. And what I mean by that is I don't think he's using it to like clean things up in this particular sense. My thought is he's actually using it to kind of point to something. Oh. God doesn't like fix things sometimes. He actually just kind of makes you think a certain way sometimes. And so I think, mm -hmm. yeah. So I thought I, I, I thought of three things, or like sorry, not three. How many were there? Six, right? Yeah, six things that I thought. You know what? I think these yeah. are the things that God is pointing towards, making. Yeah. Sense. So, 
for sure. So that, that, that leads me to the first one here. I'm looking at it. Uh, it says, you know, you put that he's going to challenge our commitment to the greatest commandment. Um, so give me a little bit of your insight and what you're thinking on, on that. Yeah, so challenge our commitment. I mean, I thought like, I think that we all want to be more committed humans than we really are, right? And so right. You know, we always make promises that we hope we can keep. I mean, that's why sometimes we <laughs> make promises. It's not to tell people that or convince people. It's actually convince ourselves, okay, you better yep. stick to this. So <laughs> I, think, I think that's what God's doing. He's challenging the idea of how committed are we to a good idea? How committed are we to something that we think, oh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing to do. And so the greatest commandment out there is this idea of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself, right? So mm -hmm. the big idea is, you know, it's the golden rule, sometimes people call it. Um, and it's this, this, the big deal, the big idea, which everybody kind of likes and wants to commit to, is, the, is this, this you know, a, a, a utopian idea of loving the loving uh, God and loving others. You know, so. Yeah. But the challenge is, is how really, do you really love hard. people? You, yeah, how do you love people who either mm -hmm. number one don't want to, don't are not loving, um, are hard to love, don't want to be loved. How do you do that? Uh, how do you love someone who, you know, um, who is in the role of the abuser versus the victim. How do you, yeah. how do you I do mean, that? It's been hard to do that before the most polarizing election uh, in history. It, it's been hard before this. And now, like you said, like, that's why I love, use like the word challenge, which is like a really like, you know, um, not like harsh, but you know, you're really like challenge. When you think challenge, it's going to be hard. So you know, I love that you use that verbiage when you talk about the greatest commandment because it, man, it's it's been hard before, but now it is like a true challenge to love these some of these people that come across your Facebook page or wherever you're at. It's not only just in person; it's everywhere. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. So let's, I, let's keep moving here. Unless you had something else you wanted to add to that. No, yeah, I mean I was awesome point. Yeah, no, I was just thinking. You know, I think the challenge is that I think. Uh, when you you know you were talking about that I, I i you know i wanted to make sure we that we hit on the fact that the the challenges to people who already think they're doing it you know the challenge is not someone who's never heard this commandment the challenge yeah. is not to have someone who's it's not it's not that it's 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 us actually <laughs> going i actually am pretty good at this and then someone That's challenges true. my commitment to it and so yeah. I think there are churches, there are people in, you know, there are leaders, there are people, Christians who go, yeah, yeah I love, love, love everybody. But no, your neighbor now uh, is not against, is, is against the things you're for. Yeah. Your neighbor now is, is really, um, liked, really liked you for what, you, what they thought you were, but they don't really, really like you. They don't believe yeah. that the things are happening. They're calling the people that you uh have pity for or you sympathize with or have empathy for they're calling them terrible people so yeah. what do you do there? a lot a lot of people yeah. asking who's my neighbor <laughs> right right because yeah. the idea of a neighbor is is you know a neighborhood 
I mean, you could just go into all kinds of, you know, um, systems that have been created, you know, not just in the U.S., but everywhere that, that humans live. I mean, we love, live in, we, live, we want to live in bubbles. You know, we want to live in a controlled environment. So we want to live with people who are easy to love because they are just like us. And, yeah. and so, uh, yeah. you know, you know, neighbors are, uh, neighbors in that context is, you know, when Jesus was talking about it, it's not just uh, who lives across the street from you. It's the neighboring village. It's the neighboring city. It's the neighboring country. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I mean, I'll tell you this, I mean, I know we're going on and on about this, but you know, um, I think there's a lot of conversation about, you know, blaming, even as a, as a country, blaming neighboring countries for our problems, you know? So as a nation, it's tough to be a loving country. Even people would say, oh, America is a, you know, is based on the Christian foundations or the Christian nation. Well, it, it yeah. does a terrible job loving its neighbor. Well, yeah, which that actually like leads me right into this next point, you know, um, you talk about how our country was founded and, you know, where we find ourselves at now. And one of the things that you said you think God is going to use this election for, your second point was that he's going to expose the deep-rooted bias uh, and the surface-level relationships in the church. Um, so what what are you thinking? Like, what, like, where are you going with that point? I mean, I think I know, but I'd love for you to like, just elaborate on it a little bit more. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, the best way I can describe it is, you know, um, uh, re- realizing this uh, in my personal life where I came to faith in Jesus and I represented um, not just a person who didn't know Jesus and now who had come to Jesus. I did not know that when I came to Jesus that, um, especially in the South, especially the context in which I was in, they were really excited about the fact that I was a Muslim guy who had come to Jesus, a Muslim yeah. guy who would, you know, not just that I come to Jesus. And it was kind yep. of this idea of like, you know what? We got one. We got mm-hmm. one. And I, and I didn't really realize this because I was in the, you know, in the, you know, the honeymoon stage of knowing yeah. Jesus and trying to figure this out. But I was like, Oh, okay. This is what it looks like because it, because it was not as if they were trying to maliciously do this, but they were like, they were like, mm-hmm. hey, they would kind of not parade me, but just kind of like be excited. Hey, listen, we got one. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, if some organizations and leaders and churches, you know, they, 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 they unknowingly are going, hey, we got one of theirs. Like we got, we got a Muslim coming to faith in Jesus. So yeah, that actually reveals a lot of like biases that we have. That that reveals a lot of like uh, uh, assumptions we have about people. That reveals a lot of like we're on this side and they're on yeah. that side, and we got one of theirs. And what you're gonna do? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, it's not just uh, you know, just not, it's not just from Christians, obviously. You know, my mom is still a practicing Muslim, and mm-hmm. she'll tell me sometimes, oh, you know, I just heard the news that there were these three Christian guys who just became Muslim. See. We got people coming. <laughs> we got people becoming Muslims too, and I'm like, Mom, yeah. it's not about that. And so I think that when I put that down, I think people don't realize, and I don't realize, how much biases I really do have in my life. And I think that this election is causing people to go, I'm not racist. I don't have prejudice. 
I don't see color. I don't da 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 da. Going, hold up. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Because, you know, like people have said this, you know, don't say, don't say things like you don't see color because that eliminates the beauty of each color, right? Right. You know, but I don't see color is a statement um, only that can be made by someone who does. Yeah. Wow. Because then, then the statement would be, I don't see what you see. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. If you don't see color. You, of course you do. So, yeah. Of course you see color. Yeah. That's right? so true. <laughs> so I think realizing. Like, what do you, hey, what do you mean? What right. is color? Yeah. So I think yeah. people have to realize, hey, there are. And then surface level, uh, surface level relationships is, you know, so often uh, people come together and they come together because they go, oh, man, we all love Jesus or all about Jesus. And we have this word yeah. called fellowship, you know, fellowship. And, and we love fellowship. And what we don't realize is that sometimes fellowship can be very surface level because it's not, it's not deep enough to have a long-lasting, meaningful relationship. What I mean by that yeah. is, is that sometimes the Christians, we are just hanging around each other and we're just enjoying each other's company, not because of who we are. It's only because of what we believe. Yeah. And, and as soon as that changes, you lose the relationship. Yeah. So deep relationships are, hey, I, you know, I'm in a relationship with you. I care about you, not because of what you believe right now, right. but because of who you are. Yeah, I think I think that's so important. That's so important to remember. Um, yeah, because I mean, I mean if just, I yeah, go ahead. I just was just thinking about this year in general, not just with the election or with with all that, just with COVID and with like, you know, it, it's really pointed out to me personally, like what relationships in life were real, like deeply rooted, and which ones were, hey, we just get together because we believe this. You know what I mean? And it's challenged me to like, hey, if I care about that person and I feel like we just got together because we believe this, it's challenged me to say, okay, well, let me get a little bit deeper with them because, you know, I'm not even, I'm not talking to them now because we're not meeting to worship together. So, but I truly care about them. So I need to, I need to get deeper in this relationship. You know what I mean? So I just see that come full circle, not just with the election this year, just with so much. For sure. I mean, you can you so. can break up a relationship because if you want to wear a mask or not. I mean, imagine <laughs> that. I mean, your idea Seriously. about what COVID is and how to cure COVID. I mean, people sometimes yeah. what they're doing is they're taking one person's view about this one thing and making it all of them. Like, you yeah. know, my view on one on one subject all of a sudden defines my everything. So it's like, you know. It's like watching The Office. If you're a fan of The Office or if you're a fan of um, community, you know? And I think Office, yeah. I think you would say the same thing. That's why we're in a relationship, yeah. right? Okay. Office sure. is the best show in the world, right? The best. In the world. The best. Ever. In the world. Ever. So if, if you find someone else and, you know, and, and they go, no, it's the worst show. And yeah. you can't I know. them all. You know right. people like I'm that, right? Safe. I'm never taking a food recommendation from them, a movie recommendation from them. <laughs> right, right. There's no way. Dude, you're, you're, right. It's tainted. Right. I mean, my wife, Ashley, she, I mean, she doesn't <laughs> mind the office, but she's not, you know, she has walked out of the room. She's like, oh, no, not again. And she's like, I'm yeah. not watching this. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, my wife, so I can't. Right. So I can't be like, oh, you know what? Everything about you sucks. <laughs> like, what? Well, that is, that is, that's goofy. 
So anyway. Although I have been like, you know what, Lindy, I don't know. I, I just don't know about you anymore because you don't like the office. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If it's if it's deep, then you're like, oh man, if you don't, you know, uh, if you don't appreciate this, I can't appreciate you. So that's a bad that's a bad philosophy to follow in relationship. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, oh my gosh. Well, hey, let's keep going with this. Um, yeah. Let me go to point number three here. Uh, you said God is going to use this to reveal the false idols and theology we praise and worship. This kind of like goes off of what we were just talking about, you know, you know what we praise and, and worship and why we do it and kind of like a deeper level, I'm, I'm assuming is what you were going for here. Um, yeah. But yeah, you want to speak into this just a little bit? Yeah, false idols. I mean, I think, I think uh, um, for so many of us, uh, what we've seen right now is this question about, you know, is it patriotic to actually um, want this country to grow and change and become something that's new? Uh, because for some people, patri- patriotism is really protection, protection of the past, protection of what it has been. And I think it's a scary place to be. And I think so that has become the serious false idol in terms of this election, because if it's reminding us like, that even when empires, when they seize, when they focus on really protecting their past, it's when they're going to fall. When they, mm-hmm. it's, they, that's what they do. I mean, it's happened all the time. Like as soon as they go into protection mode, as soon as they go into power hungry mode, as soon as they go to we're the greatest, we're going to be the best. And this idea of being the best and being the greatest. It's nations who focus on that. That is the beginning of the end. And so loving your country, of course. Thinking it's the great thing, the greatest in the world, of course. But really believing that to the detriment of every other country. I mean, we should know. History tells us as soon as empires do that, they begin to crumble. Because what happens is you make decisions that's only good for your country and not good for the rest of the world. Yeah. So for sure, and I I think that you know the, I love that your your connection there of false idols and you know so what I think you said it from stage a few times at Mosaic recently but like just like what kingdom are you a part of you know what, what right. what's your what's your identity in so um I love that you know you use that that verbiage there uh, and I'm just gonna keep going here because I think we're on a little bit of a roll I'm I'm, I'm so thankful that you're diving into this because I think that not only just myself but there's so many others right now are struggling to just you just not not even just who do I vote for but like how do I feel about this yeah um, yeah I think it's connected to theology in that point of like yeah like false theology because there's a theology that said that, that if, if you give God political power then he can do something with it that he can change yeah. the world or yeah. the a theology that says God wants us to be in power. You yeah, see, that's what God. That, I mean, this, this is the this is this is the biggest betrayal. Um, this is yeah. a sign of the biggest betrayal theologically. Even let me explain. Judas believed. He was a zealot. He believed that if you push Jesus hard enough, he will take up political power. If I were to just push him he would take up because they believed that he was going to be the king of the Jews because it was going to rescue them from the Roman empire. And yeah. so you say, if they just push him to this, 
but Jesus didn't take it. So when Jesus didn't take the power, he got killed for it. So I don't even understand, like, I think sometimes the church realizes, thinks that, no, God wants us to have political power so we can be, we can set morality up as law. We can make this a quote-unquote Christian nation. We can, mm-hmm. we can regulate what it means to be religious and what it means to love Jesus. And yeah. what's crazy about that is that the Catholic Church actually tried that. And as soon <laughs> as Christianity gets power, it becomes corrupt. Yeah. So, anyways, I think that's part of the false theology. So we vote in people that promise us that the church will get power. Yeah, and then and that that's goes our right into your next point. That goes right into your next point. You know, you said number four here is he's going to unveil our love of power and privilege, um, and that goes hand in hand with exactly what you're saying right now. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um. I mean, you know, you you you've been there, right? You you go, man. I didn't realize I loved this so much, right? Like anything yeah. could be anything. Yeah, when like I eat the last cookie in my refrigerator and then it's gone, <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't realize how much I took for granted having this tray of cookies in my refrigerator, and then I'm right, back. right. <laughs> now, now, could you imagine? Could you imagine now if I was there and I like, like you were on a roll and you realized you had the last cookie and I came and took it. No, you would not be friends. Right. It's it's not that you just didn't get it. It's because someone took it. (laughs) Yeah. So I was was like fully assuming that cookie belongs to me. I'm in control of that cookie. (laughs) Right. So I think think what we have to realize is that this election also is causing us to go, oh, oh, oh. It's not just I'm not getting this privilege or I'm not getting this opportunity or I can't be the same or act the same way, you're taking it from me. Yeah. And see, we would rather just give. We want people to feel like we are actually giving them justice. We don't like people getting justice. Yeah. And and another thing too with that is like, like the idea, like these things are ideas, right? Justice or, you know, um, you know, privilege or whatever, these are all things that we think of them as like a cookie or like an object. Like, obviously, if there was one less cookie in my refrigerator and it was not there, that means somebody else got it. So now I'm hurt about it. But the idea of like privilege or of, you know, all these like things that we're talking about in our society, we think that if, if we lose a little bit of privilege, that the other person gains that privilege. Like, it's like, it's not about that. Like, it's not a, a tangible object that if I don't have it, that means you have it. Like it's, equality. Yeah, right. Right. Do you, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, it's the quality bigger than uh, like one object. And, and I think we have like this childish mindset when it comes to, to these like bigger ideas. Um, for sure. For sure. So and it's, it's so it's a limited resource. Like privilege is a limited right. resource. Power is a limited resource. And the part of the problem is, is like, you know, um, you know, if, if, if power and privilege was like the air we breathe, it's so important. It, I mean, it's so important, but yet there's enough of it that we can allow right. other people to breathe too. Like we don't have yeah. to take away. It's not one of those things, you, you know, but yeah, for us, I think the love of power and privilege, um, I think it's revealing to us that, that we, 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 we want to have this 
we want to keep uh, there's something inside of us that like even though it is as free you know it should be as free and common as the air we breathe we want to like hoard oxygen and just give it to people however we want to give it to people like i, yeah. I think we like being in control of it and i think the the idea is like it's like um you know um I, I want to get to a place where I really call all the shots. And as soon as when other people call the shots, I don't like that. So anyways, I, I yeah. just think that, I, I think that uh, some people uh, don't even realize that they get a, a sense of freedom. Uh, they get to live a certain way that not everybody else gets to live. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love this so far. I'm, I'm going to go into, into your next point here. And before I do this, I'm just going to take a deep breath because this one, point number five, you said God is going to use this to show us that Bible teachers can become false prophets. So, my friend, have fun Ooh. with explaining this one. <laughs> uh, okay, let me ask you this. Why, why were you like uh, – what do I sense like uh, trepidation on your voice? Like why do I sense this, you know? A feeling of well, like because this uh, is being recorded and it, this is being recorded and going on the internet. So <laughs> <laughs> no, just because I mean it, it's you know there there are people out there that you know like their faith is based on what they've experienced with a certain teacher or they've heard and then there's so many theologies that say this person's a false prophet. And then the other theology says this person's a false prophet. And just all, there's just so much back and forth and there's so much controversy just with just those terms, false prophet. So, right. Um, right. So, so anyways, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to just, I'm kind of making light of it. Obviously, you know, um, no, no I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I think, uh, I think, uh, I think it's true. It's true. Here's why. It's it's true not because I have an opinion now. Like I used to follow this person, and it was a great, she or he was a great Bible teacher, and now they're deaf, they're saying some things, and they're trying to get people to believe something that's not true. It's not just that. I mean, I do have yeah. that, uh, but it's also this idea of re- realizing that you know God's voice has you know God's voice. Uh, when it speaks, um, speaks to human ears. So, like, and even God's word, like the scriptures, have human readers. So, right, we've got this built-in uh, imperfection going on. So, yeah. the idea, like, that every Bible teacher out there uh, who is speaking truth or has spoken truth will always speak and always communicate the truth it's not really true mm-hmm. they're, gonna, they're, they're gonna they're gonna mess up they're not gonna get it right and so right. number one i would say you know i've been asked you know my opinion about bible teachers who claim that uh you know the way i came to faith in jesus which by the way you know you can check it out on my book ex-muslim but you know we've alluded to it it's supernatural um and it was nothing to do with repeat after me prayer. And, uh, you know, it was me in my room, Jesus in the room, a couple of demons, you know, that kind of thing. Just a normal day, right? Yeah, um, just hanging out. Just hanging out. And so people have said, oh, well, that, that doesn't really count. I mean, there are countless 
uh, or a lot of Muslims out there who've had visions of a white man who, or not a white man, but a man in white. Uh, that very different, <laughs> very different. But <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, there, there's the hot take we weren't expecting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, sees white Jesus. Yeah, you know what's funny though is Muslim sees uh, uh, Muslim sees uh, Jesus, a man in white, and uh, Western Christianity just sees a white man named Jesus. <laughs> you know, we're, so, and, we're, and, we're on the and same page, but. right, right, right. What's funny is, is that this article was written by a white guy too, a white pastor, <laughs> and he said, "Oh yeah, the, the whole dream about the Muslim Middle Eastern people coming to faith because they see a man white is not valid." And this, this magazine wanted to introduce, uh, you know, wanted my take on it, and I thought I was like, you know what, I, I didn't want to, I, I didn't know what to say because, in a sense, I didn't want to. Uh, dishonor the, the Bible teacher, dissing people is not my thing. And so I was like, you know what, man, the truth of the, the reality is, uh, like in a sense, it doesn't really matter. What, what ma- because everything that I, everything that, that, that humanity needs, you know, the salvation, the transformation uh, that people need, doesn't come from a theology, because theology is man's opinion about God. It doesn't come from that. It comes from God himself. So that's my answer, you know, because yeah. theology does, yeah. theology, yep. even on its best day, can't transform or does not save, cannot heal. So, yeah, I'm good with that. And I think um, people understanding that. So I think when it comes to this election, people are going, no, no, my pastor told me that I should vote like this. My pastor told me I should do that. And <laughs> yeah. This person had a dream. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know the amount <laughs> of people who've said I've had a dream that about this candidate. I've fasted and prayed. I've yeah. had a dream. I've had a dream. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Yeah. Because other people have fasted and prayed too. So what, what does yeah. that mean? So anyways, I mean, yeah. I hope I've answered that question. Uh, but... I think yeah, I mean, I don't question. know that there's yeah. like one. Yeah, I don't know that there's like a an actual answer to that question, but I think that it's definitely something that we should think into. Sometimes, like, like you said, you know, just about like it being translated by human, you know, humans who we know, like the mat, like the best expert. Think about like any field, right? The best doctor can still mm-hmm. make a mistake. The right. best you know, at whatever, the best football player can still drop a pass, the best everything. So we're humans, we're, we're, you know, we have our biased opinions, we have, like, there's no perfect human, there's no perfect Bible teacher out there. So there's just like, you know, too many people, I believe that just, just surrender, like, hey, I don't, I don't believe God can speak something specifically to me, I'm just going to believe everything he speaks to you. Right, right, you know, right. And I think the, you know, the hard part is how do you discern? You know, what does it look like? How right. do you discern? And I will tell you this, like, you know, anyone that comes from a place of fear, uh, a place of you've got to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so I think Christians have a, a way of speaking to their own uh, because they speak the language of fear and anxiety so much. They pray yeah. for peace and freedom. Yeah but they actually speak the language of fear and anxiety and bondage. So yeah. 
they'll sell. It's so easy. Like, you know, and, and I'm part of this crew here, you know, so I'm like, you know, we, we do this. We, we go, you know, if, you, if you're going to be left behind, if you don't do this, if you're going to, right. uh, if you don't change this, this is going to happen. God is going to do this. This is, guys, we have to move. We have to, you know, do whatever it takes. We cannot allow this. They're going to, you know, uh, change society and they're going to make this into a socialist country or they're going to, yeah. you know, rob us of our rights and they're going to brainwash our kids and they're going to, you know, and, and so it's like they become another part of humanity. So now we're against each other. That language, yeah. it already speaks of non-Jesus, you know, like, so, I mean, I talked about the idea, like the Antichrist, people are looking for a man or, or a person they think it's a man. I'm like, no, and the Antichrist is everything that's Antichrist. And so yeah. sometimes I can just listen to a speaker and go, oh my goodness, like what you're doing right here is like, I had this, I mean, what you're doing right here is, is causing fear and anxiety. It's causing, so you're not even choosing the way of love. And yeah. so sometimes it's so interesting because even when you go back to the first point I made, I mean, it goes back to like, this is how you discern if a false, if a, if a teacher or a prophet is actually saying something that is worth something. It's like, like, can't, you know, like, let's, uh, let's shoot them down. Let's get rid of them. I mean, this, this, this morning I read just, I just read Luke where, you know, Jesus is going, is heading towards Jerusalem and he wants to go to Jerusalem. But before he do, does that, he goes and tells the disciples, Hey, listen, I need to stop by Samaria. And he, you know, he, uh, they, they go to Samaria and um, they try to prepare a, like a space for him. And they, the Samaritan village, they don't want Jesus to be there. They reject him. And so they go yeah. back to Jesus and Jesus and say, Hey, listen, I know, you know, you did a lot of cool things in, in the Samaritan village, but they actually they don't have a place for you. They don't want you to come because you're going to Jerusalem. See, so all of a sudden, it's like they don't like you because you're going to Jerusalem, but I know you did stuff for them. Anyways, and then James and John, the guys who went there, James and John. I mean, James is the brother of Jesus. And John's the guy who wrote, you know, part of the scriptures. They say, hey, you know, they don't want you to go. You want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy the village. Like, that's their response. Yeah. Should we kill them? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? So here, here you have disciples of Jesus who taught other people the teachings of Jesus, recommending that Jesus fire call down fire and kill them all. <laughs> yeah. So at some point, we're like, hold up. If James and John can get it wrong, we could probably get it wrong. That's true. That is so true, my friend. Um, and I and I want to keep this going. I want to um, wrap this post conversation up with, with your last point here, which we kind of alluded to earlier. But just I want you to just speak into it a little bit. But just that you said that God is going to remind us um, that my citizenship is not of one country or of this world. So yeah, I just want you yeah. to kind of just give us like something, man. What are, what do we hold on to right now? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, my thought here is that you know we just have to remind ourselves, like you know, putting it all you know, all into perspective, is that this kind of citizenship 
is not going to last forever. And nor are political parties going to last forever. And uh, the, the, the reality that we're going to exist in in the future will be, not, will, will be just uh, so beyond what we're living right now that, in fact, if we have the capacity to actually look back, you know, um, we'll be laughing at like or regretting what we are feeling right now. So I think people are having to understand like, like, you know, just the fact that we live in a world that is so infinitely big and bigger and bigger. I mean, we don't even have idea to understand it and that we were created for so much more. Um, that, yeah. You know, as this body expires, so is the citizenship of ours. I mean, the fact is, you're not even, and I'm not even going to be human. <laughs> We're not even going to be human. Yeah. At, at one point. So, so, so what, are we even ta- what are we talking about here? <laughs> so why are we, like, killing other beings or, or uh, afflicting so much pain in people's lives when we, when we believe at least if we are followers of Jesus, then we're going to live forever. So we're going to cease to be human. So, so you, you were made for so much more. That's why Paul says, you're, what are you doing? You're not a citizen of this world. You are what? He said, you're just passing by. Yeah. So why are we getting so worked up? So anyway. Yeah. That's I love it, man. It's so good so good I'm, I'm so thankful for this conversation because it, it it's it is so true like when you sit down and, and you read through the scriptures and you and you remind yourself of the truth is that you know you don't belong here but man while you're here it's so easy to get caught up in it um yeah it's so easy to just have not an eternal mindset to just be in the here and now in the problems in the guilt in the regret and hate and so just I'm thankful for these conversations and, and I know that other people are too. So so I'm excited to be back with this podcast. I know that you have some some cool plans moving forward with it. Um and so yeah, I just is there anything you, you wanted to throw in here before we wrap this uh, this this relaunching episode? Yeah, I mean I just wanna say, I mean I am again, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. It's always great to have conversations with you and yeah, we're going to try to do this more often. Um, you know, again, if I promise a weekly podcast, it's me telling myself really, <laughs> can you, can you do this? But we're going to try to do it. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. I mean, I, obviously you can tell them what to do and how to get it. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, you guys, if you're listening to this, it's been a while since you listened, or if this is the first time that you're listening, um, you can check us out on Spotify, on iTunes. Just search Naeem Fazel Podcast. You can check out naeemfazel.org uh, for more information. Uh, and you can follow Naeem on Instagram at Naeem Fazel, N-A-E-E-M-F-A-Z-A-L. And we'll post um, you know, pretty much all the updates for the podcast on uh, his social media and his website so you can stay tuned there please subscribe uh, if you enjoyed this uh, subscribe to our channel subscribe to um, 
uh, the podcast through whatever app you listen on. It really helps us and also sharing this. Uh, so if this helped you process through not only just this election, but maybe your relationship with God or where you stand right now or just whatever, whatever this did for you, uh, we would love for you to help us share it so that it can do that for somebody else as well. So um, we, we appreciate you, your support. We're glad to be back. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to future episodes with you, Naeem. And uh, this was fun. So thanks for doing this. Awesome, guys. See ya.